Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today is co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So to start off today's podcast, Sebastian, we want to introduce our special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs, Stefan Bell. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to be here, and... Uh... Definitely want to say thank you guys for everything you do and uh, pretty much covering our team and our players. I know they love it and the fans love it. So, you know, thank you guys a ton. Well, thanks for jumping on with us today because I think uh, it's it's definitely no secret to our listeners that we're Stangs fans. Getting all of you on board here, being able to talk with Coach Nick Dreyer and guys like Jack Jones and now you. We love reaching out to you guys and I think you were actually the first person in the organization to officially reach out to us so thank you for reaching out man yeah no uh, it was a easy thing for us to, i know this year was very different in terms of uh i guess the organizational makeup uh, the the team the schedule i mean everything was challenging but you know still having that support like we have here in ogden and having you guys especially like you said it goes a long ways and you know we couldn't do this without all of you guys well, we love watching you guys. The Stangs is a just a fun team to watch. So well, tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into the booth for the Mustangs. Yeah, you know, it's been a wild last two years of my life, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've been a huge hockey fan uh, since I was little. You know, naturally led to a lot of really great friendships and, and obviously connections with my family back east. Um, I grew up in Southern California. And so when I moved up here in August of 2020, it was the first time I've ever not been there. So it's it's been a huge change, even though it's only, you know, a 10-hour difference. Really tough, I guess, to convince anyone to give hockey a shot growing up in Southern California. But people seeing how passionate I was for the game, it seemed to help kind of sway them to at least watch it with me. Right. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess back in 2017, I saw this picture that uh, the Penguins posted on their Instagram. And it was like this graphic that looked really cool. And I kind of wanted to create something like that. So I tried doing that. And I, was, I was really, really brutal for a long while. But I, no matter what, whenever the Penguins played, I would kind of post my own rendition of some sort of picture like that. And, you know, throughout the whole season, uh, I progressively got better. And so that kind of led to an opportunity here with the Mustangs. And once that came up, I, you know, never said, or I guess I never thought twice about it. I said yes right away, and it kind of took off from there. So it's uh, it's been a crazy ride, but it's definitely been something that I am just so fortunate to be part of. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, with it being a crazy ride, obviously talking about crazy rides, like this season, I mean, as fans, everyone involved, you know, that was super exciting. Was there a moment this year that really stood out to you that kind of, you know, is at the, the top number one moment of the season? Gosh, there, you know, there's so many. And when you're part of an organization, you can see and watch these players at this age kind of grow into themselves and grow as a team. Uh, I, I'm sure there's I'm going to leave something out that I'm going to regret. A few big moments for me was we had a game early in the season. We played Pueblo and we got pounded. We lost like eight to one. And it was really tough for a lot of people to see because they hadn't seen the Mustangs lose like that probably ever. And, you know, we did a lot of reflecting internally. And a couple weeks later, we go to Pueblo 
play really good Friday, Saturday night game. And then Sunday we won nine to two. And it was like everything that happened in that eight to one loss was undone because we just did the same thing right back to them at their home life. So that was a, that was a big moment for sure. And it really like turned the corner from then on. And we went on this crazy run. I think we were like 18, five and one after that. So I think I was telling uh, Nick when we were interviewing him that because of COVID, I just kind of didn't anticipate the season starting. So I wasn't paying as close of attention as I normally would, because honestly, sports just weren't happening as normal, especially hockey. And so I think I'd seen a tweet or something and or an it might have been an Instagram post. Uh, Mustangs win. And I'm like, wait, they're playing. I was excited and angry because I was excited because, you know, they were playing. I was angry because I had no idea that the season had started. I knew we had players had signed over the summer and everything else. But for me, it just I, maybe I was really wrapped up with other things at the time. But I it just kind of dropped on me. And the second I saw that they were playing, I, you know, I clicked the link. I tried to go out, try to get myself some tickets. Probably can't just go up to the arena this year and get tickets. So I looked online. It's like, yep, definitely have to purchase in advance. And the first bunch of games I tried to get tickets to were all sold out. I think I was able to finally get to a game in November because every game had been sold out up until then. So, and of course, they only sell a couple games at a time, you know, chomping at the bit to get some seats and just monitoring everything from that. And of course, we had started the podcast in October. But uh, no, dude, it was an amazing ride this year. It seemed like you had a great group of guys on the ice. Again, we've got to interview Jack Jones recently. He was the first kind of player that started chirping us out on the ice. So that was kind of fun to, uh, you know, sit down and, and have a conversation with him. And just kind of listening to the other broadcasters, you all might be familiar with each other because you've definitely been mentioned on some other different games, probably Northern Colorado. What is your relationship with the other broadcasters in the Mountain Division? Yeah, uh, well, to go back real quick, just to let you know, some of that uh, advertising we did was my fault. Uh, maybe some last-minute stuff came up, and you know, it was kind of crazy to to get some of that info in the season. But we're definitely improving in that area for sure. Um, and then, as far as relationships with other broadcasters, uh, Brendan Price is the broadcaster of the Northern Colorado Eagles. Uh, he and I connected uh, last off-season, probably August or September, okay. and we've you know, kind of hit it off right from the start and we bounce things off each other all the time. And, you know, he's been a huge uh, asset to me as far as becoming a better broadcaster, because I'll probably always defer to him as the better one or the best one in our division, at least. And, uh, you know, I know a few other guys, Mitchell from the Outliers, uh, I believe, I can't remember his first name, but the goalie for Pueblo, I think his last name is Wakeland. I, I believe it's his Yeah, name. Douglas Wakeland, right? Yeah. Broadcast. I haven't really talked to him so much. Um, he does a good job. And um, Pat Moore, Provo, really good guy. So everybody at least knows each other to some extent. Brent and I happen to get along really well. We're both younger guys still trying to prove ourselves. And, you know, we're constantly trying to critique each other and ourselves. And, you know, we expect a lot of ourselves. So we want to do as good as we can to represent the organizations and the league and the division. So, uh, for the most part, I think a lot of broadcasters, they look at each other and they're always trying to improve. And so it's it's like a little like miniature fraternity, if you will. Uh, even if some guys aren't as close as others, everyone still wants to see each other do well and represent both teams well on the ice. And that's always been kind of my, I guess, motto going into each game is no matter what, it's I never want to be the homer. I never want to just be one-sided. I always want to like do as good as I can to present both teams because all these players are trying to move on to the next level. 
you know, if I can help in any sort of way, I, you know, I obviously love to do that. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, how you got started with the Mustangs and, you know, mentioned things about, you know, how, you know, you're trying to still trying to prove yourself. And, um, and actually when you brought up, you know, the players moving on to the next level, it kind of made me think it's kind of, you know, let the people know maybe what, what your goals are. Like what's, what are you trying to accomplish through hockey? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely no secret to the, the people close to me, people around me. Uh, I've always been, not outspoken about it, but I've always said, you know, the dream is to be in the NHL. I think for any person in hockey to to be in the NHL is there's nothing like it. You know, you step into an, an arena, a rink, it, it no matter what, it's always going to be the NHL rink is is like your pinnacle. That's where you want to get to. And so for me, you know, five years, ten years, however that may be, my goal is to some way or another be in the NHL. And I don't know if that'd be a broadcaster necessarily, but, you know, I'm willing to take roles and do things to help organizations. Even if that means like for, for me, like I take a lot of background stuff. I almost don't like the limelight or don't want people to really, I guess, know who I am. It sounds weird, but it's because I want the attention to be on the players. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm here. So, but for, for me and in the future, I'd definitely love to be with an NHL organization and, Hopefully, you know, if I am a broadcaster, I think that'd be awesome because I've loved it as soon as I put the mic on. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it lets you be part of the game still, even though you're not on the ice. Oh, that's that's excellent. I think for most of us, the goal would be in, in some way associated with the National Hockey League. Uh, every player, every broadcaster, every coach, everybody. And if you love hockey, you want to get to that elite level in the National Hockey League is that elite level. You mentioned what was your favorite team growing up in SoCal? Oh, well, I uh, I kind of said earlier, I'm very I have a lot of family in the East Coast. OK, uh, even though living in Southern California, I think a lot of kids growing up my age, everyone has a little soft spot for the Ducks. I still refer to them as Mighty Ducks because that's what they are to me. They are the Mighty Ducks. They, and they should go back <laughs> to that. I'm, I'm still upset every day I see that. I think but, you might trigger Sebastian with that. Oh, I, love man, that. I, I love the Mighty Ducks. You know, and those jerseys they use, especially oh. in D2, like uh, unbelievable. They need to, honestly, they just need to rebrand. Like I get it, the whole Disney thing. And I'm like, you yeah. know what? Disney, just say, you know, give me 5% of revenue or whatever you need to be happy with. You know, they're greedy. I get it. But if I was if I was the Ducks, I mean, absolutely. Take the money you need, and we're just going to roll with the Mighty Ducks because the kids love it, the fans love it, and honestly, the players love it. You, you see some of the guys walk in with those Ducks jerseys into a game sometimes. So I'm like, just give them what they want. Everybody yeah, wants the Mighty Ducks. There, there's nothing like it, for sure. But I was, uh, I, I'm actually a very big Pittsburgh fan. Uh, you know, my, my whole family's from, from Pittsburgh, essentially. I have some family in Boston as well, but, uh, we're, we're definitely Penguins fans for sure. So who's your favorite Penguin? Well, I, I think a lot of people will, uh, agree with this one, but, uh, Sidney Crosby is for sure my favorite Penguin, but the player that made me fall in love with hockey was Mary Lemieux. So there we go. There we go. It's, you know, I think. <laughs> I have a good understanding of the penguins aren't the penguins and Sid isn't Sid to me without Mario. So, you know, you have to make sure you have that in order first. As a 
born and raised IHL Buffalo Sabres fan, because I don't know what other league we can compete in at this time, except one that isn't existent. I can say that Sidney Crosby has done nothing but haunt me and torture me since he's entered the league. Whether that's on Team Canada, whether that's a first ever winter classic, I've I've got very little love for the guy. <laughs> just, but but he's very important for the league. I'm 50-50 on the guy, you know, if he's wearing a Team Canada jersey, I'm all in for it. But again, you know, as a Sense fan, he's ended our season more than once. And, uh, you know, sometimes when he gets hit and he has those little fits, I have to laugh. But again, he puts on that Team Canada jersey and I'm his number one fan. So, you know, I might be disowned here in, in the States when I say this, but I tried rooting against Sid in the 2010 Olympics and I lasted all of about maybe two shifts of his and i was like that's it i, I gotta go back to canada i'm a team canada guy when it comes uh, to the olympics mm-hmm. we'll take you on door you're well you're more than ryan welcome. miller he was the hey he got the <laughs> vip for that tournament because uh, i've got so many stories surrounding that that games i was at the vancouver olympics in 2010 but i couldn't stay on long enough i didn't have enough time off of work to stay for the gold medal game so i was actually back in dc and all my canadian friends invited me to the embassy in canada they're like hey come come to the embassy canada we're gonna be watching the game i'm like no i know i said i lose i lose either way i lose as an american if i'm surrounded by a bunch of canadians that have had a couple and you guys win i also lose if we win because now I'm surrounded by a bunch of Canadians that have had a couple. So I'm just going to not go to the embassy. I'm going to go to an American bar and I'm going to cheer I'm going to I'm going to cheer with Americans. And, so now uh, now I'll tell the truth. He looked at that team Canada roster and said, "Holy damn, I'm just going to cheer nope. for Canada." <laughs> Dude, well, you know it's fun. I've been rooting for Canada. So it's funny being in this building where we play now because I didn't really remember 98 so much. You know, I know the Czech one, and we had Yager. You know, he was the face of the hockey of hockey pretty much at that point when Gretzky was phasing out. But in 2002, you know, Lemieux was back, and it was like the same thing. I just I can't root against him. So what did I do? I was rooting for Canada then too, and it was like, you know, watching that kind of unfold the way it did. I remember the U.S. played Russia in the semifinals, and they played the gold medal game. And I don't know. It's Team Canada's been with me for a long time. I don't know. See, I'm 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 polar opposite. I can have a Buffalo Saber on the Canada roster because there was plenty, or my favorite goalie of all time, like Martin Brodeur. The second the second any one of my Sabers is wearing that Canada red, I'm like, you're dead to me. <laughs> we mean it, nothing means you don't mean anything to me this tournament. You know, and, and uh, then there's then there's guys that I can't stand, and they throw on that USA jersey. I'm like, I love you. Let me uh, let me just right mix here. in a little Patrick Waugh here. It's like a little Patrick Waugh with a little Canadian. I'll say, I can't hear you because the gold medal uh, are blocking my ear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, see, another funny thing about growing up in Southern California, uh, playing hockey, you get a lot of the guys who come down from Canada during the winter months. So we'd go to stick time, you know, drop-ins, anything like that. And these are guys, you know, from Calgary. From I met a bunch of guys from Kelowna. Like, I just – Everything was like Canada, so I wasn't used to being around people who were like big on, I guess, Team USA because, you know, we call them snowbirds. They're coming down, and I'm playing hockey with them, and everything was just like, yeah, Team Canada. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm like 12 years old listening to them, so it was easy to kind of uh, kind of fall into that, I guess. See, we've gotten close. The U.S., I don't think we got close last time, 
we were definitely, I called it, I absolutely 100% called that gold medal game. I said it would be Canada and the United States. And I, I, I know my, I know my hockey. I did call the USA for a win, but honestly, that thing could have been very close. Obviously, Sidney Crosby, when he took that shot, I think he's the only person in the world that knew he was taking that shot because it caught me off guard. <laughs> I'm like, he came in. Wait, they scored? No, no, no. <laughs> like, I didn't even see him take the shot. I had to watch the replay. That's that's why he's Sidney Crosby. No, it was just uh, I, well, they played twice. They played once in the opening round or the round robin, and then they they played again. You know, the gold medal game. They're just two totally different games because the U.S. played so well before, and then they get to the gold medal, and it's just it's typical Canada. They're just nonstop shut down four lines. You know, they were unreal. That roster was unreal. The Americans' problem for that game is they just couldn't score, which honestly, when you, when you have a team like Canada, Canada gets all that forward strength going on. I mean, you can't deny what Canada puts on the ice, but we had the better goaltender by far. So we're just hoping all you have to do is get a couple more goals or at least one more would have been great. But that's the thing. Like, what was it? Luongo versus Miller in net for that game. And uh, Miller was playing out of his mind, but he played out of his mind the whole tournament. But you know what? He was on a Buffalo Sabres team that actually back in the day was actually still making the playoffs, but they still couldn't score. So he was used to a team that couldn't score. So I knew he was completely comfortable on the Team USA that year. Man, he almost stole it for us. Almost. But close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and skunks. <laughs> Without so. a doubt. Without <laughs> a, I think the other thing is you guys, probably Team USA, I shouldn't say you guys. I, you know, I'm an American. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, we're robbed in 2018. <laughs> I think I think 2018 Team USA would have. It's hard to say. You don't want to play the what if game so much, but that roster with the influx of youth coming in, and then you have your veterans who are already established. I don't know. I think they would have been a really dangerous roster for 2018. I actually really, I will say, I it's great to watch the NHLers in the Olympics, but I loved. I mean, outside of the you know, athletes of the Russian Federation, <laughs> BS, putting in KHL guys and stuff there. I actually really liked letting the younger guys get that limelight versus the professionals making millions. I think it for me, it was just better hockey overall. Being able to see other teams compete like Germany and, and just having them in the gold medal game. It just made all the difference. I think it was a lot more entertaining watching the non-NHL players, but I think if, you know, if the NHL bounces, so should the KHL because they are the two dominant leagues in the world. And if you're in any other league, you're not exempt. You can go for the Olympics, you know, whatever, or they have an age limit to it or something. I don't know. I think I really, really liked the 2018, but you're right. I mean, we probably could have had a better run there, but at least it wasn't, what was it? 2014, where I think Jonathan Quick just called out the team because they played so crappy in front of them. I mean, I don't think we even competed for the bronze that time. It was just it was just it was embarrassing yeah but. it was it was tough i think the other thing is i'm not i'm not a hater of dan bosma by any means but i think he got caught in his own ways around that time and when he was the coach of team usa in 2014 i think getting some of his own guys on the team that probably may not have been on there had he not been the coach i think played a, a factor as well so i mean it's difficult sweden was so good you know they lost to canada obviously Canada is always good it's just you know it's one of those things that uh, everything has to come come together at the right time and you know, it, was, it was a tough Olympics for, for the U.S. in 14. Yeah yeah yes it was so let's see I think Jack Jones wanted me to poke some fun at you. Uh, Jack Jack and I have a really good funny uh, 
running joke with each other. We just, you know, loved it. It's the soft, subtle little chirps right before a game, but okay, he he's got that personality that you know it doesn't affect him. You know, he's uh, what's the saying? Um, he you know he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. He just he's yeah. kind of helps make the engine run. And you know, I, I think for some players, you don't want to chirp them. You know, especially for me because they don't expect that. And yeah, right. I don't definitely want to have them kind of like thinking something like dude does this guy hate me like he's our broadcast like no like i don't hate any of these kids <laughs> yeah i love them all so but he he's just one who who kind of gets it and he uh yeah just take himself too seriously did you get a chance to listen to that podcast with him on it i did i listened to the whole thing <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely got a personality i mean obviously you know him a lot better than we do because that was really our first time to get to talk to him but definitely a lot of character and a lot of personality there and I'm going to say it again here, Mustangs, if you're listening, Captain Jack has a pretty nice ring to it. I'm just putting it out there. But hey, uh, you know, we, we seem to think so, too. But uh, there's there's a lot of time between then and now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we're still going to make we're still going to make him prove every uh, every second that he has here. And, you know, but he, he's definitely a valuable member of this team. And there was no doubt that we wanted him back. And it just came down to uh, whether or not he wanted to be here. And, you know, he didn't think twice. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm just an excellent player, super fun to talk to. And yeah, like you said, though, if you're going to wear that C or an A, it's going to have to be earned in that locker room. It's going to have to be earned on and off the ice. And that's what's going to get the C on, on someone's jersey there. So thanks for jumping on with us today. We have temporarily lost Sebastian as a connection issue happened there. So Sebastian says bye. So everyone, again, thank you for listening to this episode of Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and Stefan, and we'll catch you next time.